returning guest, one of the most sought after guests of all time. Of chat. Andrew Callahan in the building. We are going to be talking about a lot of stuff today, but specifically, he just has a new documentary that just came out on HBO. It's crazy. This, this guy's a this guy's a documentarian. Yeah, it's pretty pretty insane. It's gonna be pretty insane when you win awards. Actually, you think I'm going to? I think so. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's crazy. It just I came think you out. deserve it. Tripping. It's like HBO. It's really happening. Are people hitting you up already? Like you've been you you woke up and you came here. You're the first guy that I've actually talked to in person since the movie released on HBO Max. So. That's and sick. <laughs> I think. I hope people like it. I watched it this morning. I loved it. But then again, I'm a little biased. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I always used to tell you, like, the only thing I hate about your your series that you do on YouTube is that, like, I wish it was longer. And then you did that. You yeah. did a one hour and 30 minute long YouTube yeah. video. It was supposed to be called America itself but uh hbo's legal team was not going for that one okay well they they that's a l that they took there i'll tell you that much <laughs> okay so can you ask about a possible uk release wait yeah so right now hbo is in the process of like selling uh the movie to different countries and different distributors so it should be available in europe and in canada like within a few months but it's going to be just us for i'm excited to give some context for the q family and how i met them too because yeah. there's a lot of stuff you can't see in the documentary here we'll just start off with a trailer actually yeah for sure let's let's just show the trailer it's called this place rules. Ninety-eight percent of the media have a leftist agenda. Oh my god, she was fucking insane. Spoiler: She's a rapper. Yeah, and people oh say that I have a sixth sense for finding rappers, but she actually found me. That and yeah, started rapping. She said she she learned to rap because she's a substitute teacher in the hood. Yeah, and that's how she was able to connect with her students, which to me is so fucking funny. It's such a white person thing to say to be like, that's the only way I could I could talk to these black kids. <laughs> like it's like a, they're like a different uh, fucking breed or something. Yeah, you psycho. Anyway, animal human clones. <laughs> this is the best part. Uh, like I, there's so many good parts. Yeah, I, I don't know. Individually, it's like top three. Yeah, this place rules is yeah. out on HBO, and I watched it earlier this morning, and it was fucking awesome. Okay, Thanks, one thing I will say is I actually hate when I see like callbacks to 2020 when yeah. I see it on like movies, like like oh it's the pandemic, like Glass Onion, which just came out on mm -hmm. Netflix. It's the second uh, part of like the murder mystery to Knives Out, uh, starring Daniel Craig, had a lot of those components in it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they were all like wearing masks and stuff. And it like made me cringe. For this sure. on the other hand did not make me cringe. It, it, it was, uh, it, it showed the mania of 2020 perfectly. Yeah. I would say. Well, thank Ooh. you. I tried to make it retrospective in a way that was like examining it from now as opposed to trying to recreate like fervor and panic of that period of time. Yeah. Also, it's not really about January 6th specifically. It's about like the lead up and the undercurrents of that time that are still very much present and active today. So we tried to do as much as we could to like make it uh, relevant. But at the same time, I would have preferred the movie came out, to be honest, like, yeah, a year and a half, two years ago. But yeah. making a, a long feature like this with the actual production company, and you know, it takes a long time. It's definitely a, it was a change, but I'm excited about it. It was also not dehumanizing to the people you were interviewing, although it's still entertaining and funny. Yeah. Thank you, man. That, that is something that uh, we talked about on the podcast as well. This is like his, Andrew's forte is just. Uh, yeah. Did you see the scene with my uh, little cousin? My eight-year-old cousin? Yeah. That's my favorite part. I love your, your I love your, your uncle being like. Uh, yeah, don't do any of that fucking weird shit. That's a real voice message. From <laughs> yeah, my, my uncle Jeff, is <laughs> which like, is so funny. He's do like, not don't. take my son to a Q rally. Yeah, don't do any of that fucking weird shit. No furries. <laughs> <no. laughs> 
Uh, that was great. I'm glad you liked it, man. Yeah, it is, it is wild to see uh, your career. As Cool Bivens points out, it's insane to see how far you've come since I found Quarter Confessions. You deserve all the praise, man. Congrats for real. Thanks. I it is wild. Only a couple years ago you were doing that. I made my first video in the uh, December of 2018. So We started. We started. I, that's like pretty much when I started yeah. doing Twitch. It's been about four years. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. You were like the first streamer that I actually thought was tight. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And and now that you know more streamers, you know that that is uh, firmly the truth. I still basically <laughs> just know you. <laughs> All right. So This Place Rules uh, came out. I watched this morning. I fucking loved it. Okay. There are a lot. Uh, I've always, like I said before, I've always seen like uh, Andrew's content as like a perfect companion piece to what I do here on the stream as well. Like uh, reaching out to people in ways that I never could imagine or do. Uh, he's brilliant interviewer, not contentious, uh, does a really good job of like showcasing people's like true beliefs and perspectives in a way that, you know, still doesn't work to like do propaganda for them either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is part of the reason why I think they get mad at you afterwards. Who in particular? Well, Alex Jones got mad at you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It is hard, though, because you can't really... They fit this movie into a particular box. That's why the CNN interview with Don Lennon was so awkward. We're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second. But before we talk about the CNN interview, I want to show uh, one of the uh, incredible dualities that you you pointed out to in the American experience yeah. within the docu series or within the documentary itself. First, we're gonna talk about the Q family. So this to clarify, a- this is a family that I met outside of the Georgia governor's house. It was during a protest uh, during the Stop the Steal movement. They were outside of his house demanding that he uh, overturn the election results. As you know, Georgia was a blue state in 2020. This is outside of his house. Fun fact, this is an event where the keynote speakers at this small rally were Alex Jones and Nick Fuentes. So they delivered speeches about 30 minutes after I first met the Q family. So the Q family is actually called the Spencer family. And I had never seen someone this young at a right-wing political rally. And so what you're seeing here is the first interaction I ever had with, with these folks. So there was no... This is just the raw footage of the first meeting. Child molester. And he kidnaps children and does horrible things to them. Just like Hillary Clinton and Obama who made the virus. The virus is man-made. It doesn't exist. Kids need to be put back in school. The people who are pulling the strings is the Italian Vatican. They actually are reptilian bloodlines from another planet. They're basically robots. And the evil people that are there, such as the Rothschilds, who suck blood um, out of children to get... I mean, yeah, this is like, he's entirely too young to be this, like, mentally ill, but uh, he got it from his dad. I think he's just consumed in, like, the science fiction-sounding mythology yeah. of it all. Because, you know, kids have big imaginations, so this is, like, a pretty compelling way to connect with your dad, too. They don't, like, play catch together. They just, like, sit around and talk about deep state cabals. Yeah, I mean, you, form you of bonding. exactly you you get into whatever your father's into. And unfortunately, yeah. the, the dad is into like really the awful shit. What's which, funny, though, is he wasn't before, you know, like three months prior. So it only took a few months for his dad, Brandon, to be fully consumed in the Q sphere. Yeah. And he's he's I mean, let's not spoil what happens to, yeah. to them. You got to watch documentary. So but like for context, in the second part of this film, I meet back up with the family, like maybe four or five months after January 6th to kind of evaluate where they're at, if they're still deep in the Q hole. And it was very interesting. So 
Yeah. So one thing though, that I found to be particularly interesting about this is that like, you basically said something that I've been talking about for a very long time, which is that like a lot of the QAnon people are in these like socially alienated, isolated bubbles and they, they create a sense of community for themselves. But more importantly than that, the, the people that like flew to the Capitol to do January 6th, to like do the insurrection, like those people, this is a hobby for them. Yeah. Whereas this part of the uh th this part that i thought was like really interesting because you showcase it right uh right next to one another people protesting police brutality yeah in their towns and like well, so the reason this kind of came together is because the q family doesn't live in like the bumfuck sticks of no a middle of nowhere type vibes they actually live in atlanta proper on their block like they have trump they have trump flags and QAnon flags and shit but every other house on their block has like no human is illegal water is a human right those yard signs like they're on a pretty heavy like uh, a joe brandon block yeah and so they're pretty much half a mile away from like most of the projects that are in South Atlanta. And so right before I met them, there was this officer involved deadly shooting of Richard Brooks. And so I kind of just abandoned like my stop the steel beat for about three or four days and just kind of dived into this, this world. So, so let's take a look. Police chief just stepping. I mean, both of these people, in my opinion, are not engaging in the real political battle. And both of them are not engaging in the real political battle because they recognize their, their, maybe, maybe they don't directly recognize their powerlessness. Like, cause the dudes in the, in the projects, they recognize their powerlessness. Yeah. They, they recognize that the system is just like completely fucked and against them. Whereas I feel like, um, the, uh, Spencer family also kind of internalizes that powerlessness but they have no they have no like a uh, real vector of anger to yeah. direct it towards so that's why trump was so successful like yeah. he he basically turned uh your your anger that you feel at all times at any given point into frustration of the elites the elites that are yeah. liberal that are have designed society in this way to fuck you over and and fuck you over in ways like uh by what like allowing gay people to cohabitate it's spaces. all just the same shit as like programming fear into a large group of people yeah knowing what their insecurities are capitalizing on them turning them into the spencer family for their own gain and liberals certainly play a role in this as well and outlets that are otherwise liberal also uh play a role in this as well, well i think mainstream media outlets like you know they're pretty much all centrists center right i would say and they create oh, the same outrage machine which is just, like i said based upon selling ads and maintaining 24-hour news cycles full of what, what i wanted to say on cnn which i couldn't say because i was just it was such a it was six o'clock in the, the morning i had no idea i was going to even be asked about enrique tario is there's a big problem, I think, with like punditry and mainstream media. And, you know, if, if you turn on the TV anywhere in the country to cable news, as opposed to actual in the field reporting, it's basically just talking heads and pundits digesting things for you, telling you how to feel and then bickering amongst each other because it's kind of entertaining reality TV. Or even when they do actually do like man on the street shit, oftentimes they basically fucking hyper focus on it uh, with a with a very liberal slant that I think overlooks the the real the real situation on the ground. Like it's yeah. just local news does this all the fucking time. Like local broadcasters are incredibly incredibly reactionary, incredibly yeah. right wing. One of the greatest examples I use all the time is whenever there is like uh, a looting or whenever there is like a situation on the ground, like they'll immediately call it like. Oh, 
oh, these are riots. And instead of looking at like why they're happening and like you did when you went down there, when you went to uh, Minneapolis, right? Instead of trying to understand why people are angry, they go to the business owners and they hear, they, they hear their perspective. It's like, why the fuck do I give a shit about the business owner's point of view? You know what I mean? Like who cares? But, Uh, But also it's like CNN does, you know, mainstream media does the same shit, you know, where they're like, these are mostly peaceful protests. Whereas protests don't have to be peaceful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that, you see what I'm saying when I say that it's, it's also center right because they're obsessed with pushing one narrative versus the other. Whereas like a protest can be violent and involve property destruction and still be valid. But there's no mix allowed because it's either this is a pointless riot that is taking place so people can get just free shoes and shit or like there's no riot happening. Yeah. And it's just such a strange thing, bro. So joining us now is the director, producer and stars in this documentary quote called This Place Rules, which debuts on HBO December 30th, Andrew Callahan. Andrew, I mean, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a deep dive into this documentary. Yeah. And there are so, there's quick. so much to talk about. I don't believe they had seen the documentary. Yeah. Did you send them? Uh... No, I, mean, I just based upon the question. So bear in mind, this is seven o'clock in the morning, right? I'm mm-hmm. being told they're going to ask me about me, my life and the movie. You know, how, how does it feel to have a movie? What's your name? What, what yeah. can we expect to see? I want you to listen to the first question they ask me. But, you know, when it comes to what's happening today, Enrico Terrio, he was yeah. not at the Capitol on the 6th, but he still played a role in this. And he's facing some of the most serious charges that are stemming from that day. What did you see from him as you were shooting this? Yeah, I just talked to him in the lead up to the... uh... The first question they say is, because what can you tell us about the mental state of Enrique Tarrio leading up to the Capitol riot? So the reason why they did that is because they don't give a fuck about the documentary they or they don't give a fuck about your personal experiences or even like the contents of the documentary they want to cut they want to cut this as like something about Enrique Tarrio instead yeah. they were just like they're hyper focusing on that aspect even though like that aspect is not all that unique uh, or or interesting uh, in comparison to like the overarching message that you had in there yeah and they also, have a narrative but that's like what they want is to run like an Enrique Tarrio news cycle to get their viewers all pissed off about January 6th every single day and make it seem like it's 9-11 and it like yeah you know, it make th- their viewership never forget about the six like it was the, the worst day of, of history yeah and the weird thing is like dude it was the it was 9-11 for liberals Kamala Harris actually said that you, you've seen that speech right yeah. yeah well it was in the documentary too yeah but yes of course these are these are moments that we can never forget the January 6th Capitol riot Just hung out with them a little bit in DC and Miami and elsewhere and what did you learn about him uh he sells uh, T-shirts. <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe him, though. I think one thing that the documentary showed me for sure, like it, before I was always like, you and I have even had this conversation in private yeah. where I was like, maybe do you think Enrique Tario is a CIA, or not CIA, like an FBI asset or whatever, because like he he had uh, been an informant, right? And no, when you, when you actually watch the documentary, you'll see like, Dude. Nah, he's just like a fucking t-shirt salesman. He runs, him and Alex Jones run the two largest Patriot merchandise companies on the internet. Yeah. And Enrique Tarrio sells Joe Biden merch on the side. So basically, when I say he's a t-shirt salesman, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's no, the main he, thing he literally is Tarrio. like a merchandise salesman. And I think he even admits in the yeah. documentary that he sells Joe Biden shirts as well, yeah. secretly. But this freaked me out so much because here I am on CNN, which is a pillar of American journalism. And they hit me with the curveball question at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm alone remotely in a, a room in Midtown Manhattan with a producer looking at me. And I didn't know what to say here. I was fucking terrified. I don't know if you can tell here. But like my heart was beating out of my chest in this moment. I know the producer that that uh, was dude, is my is my friend's brother. 
Hell yeah, he was nice. But I'm he, saying that question also potentially puts me in danger. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're asking me to make a pointed statement about like a right wing leader like that. Like if I say something incriminating, negative, that make that puts a target on my head, dude. Yeah. Just it does. Yeah, like, boys. Oh, it also like kind of cucks your future journalistic endeavors as well when you like you have a way of opening uh, a lot of these people up and yeah. and having them be honest with you that you probably wouldn't want to compromise I, either. I, I plan to cover these events in the future. I plan yeah. to do more stuff on the right, on the left, and all types of subcultures and fringes and whatever. So if I say something damning about Enrique Tario, that puts me in a lot of danger at a future event that I might cover because they, they're like, that's the guy who said that Enrique Tario wanted the Capitol riot to happen or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so no details about his involvement, his state of mind, or anything? Um... I mean, I, I don't think the you know <clears throat> the movie's not just about like the the Capitol riot and all that. It's also about like media echo chambers. You know what I mean? And like the dangers of the uh, 24-hour news cycle, and how I think mainstream media, like Fox and even CNN, like competes for listen, views by running. Listen, go back to three seconds. Listen to that. Uh, listen to that pen click. And then like competes for views by running. Who's doing that? Don, Don Lemon. Lemon is yeah. doing that? He's just pissed off. He's frustrated. No, I think the pen click is some kind of like a signifier to the producers. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Like cut this guy off. Listen to it. again. If you want to hear Constant 24-hour news cycles based upon fear, division, outrage, and panic. Probably to like sell ads. So it's not just about the capital, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. First of all, I don't agree with what you're saying. But I'm oh. not exactly sure of how that played into that people going into the Capitol. I mean, uh, no, but he's a pundit. Like, he's a pundit. The, the difference between me and, like, Don Lemon, though, is that, like, I openly tell you what my what my perspective is, right? Like, yeah. where they are supposed to be the arbiter of truth and objective news analysis. Well, then it's reasonable that a pundit would, ha would understand a valid concern with the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, and the, the fear machine it creates, right? But of course, that, but of course, he's you know that's his bread and butter. Yeah, that's but it's not it like an offense. I wasn't like you know being a dick. I was just bringing up something that is addressed in the movie. Um, there's nothing fake about CNN. I didn't say. Oh, that. not I'm not, not, not saying like fake news. I'm just saying ramping people up, Positive increasing quick. division. You see how we instantly went for the fake news thing? Yeah. Well, that's to that's to vilify you to the audience because that's to, like a, to pre-cancel the documentary. Well, it, yeah, it, it's to basically just say, well, I don't think they were going to be able to cancel it because no, like I'm you're just saying, not like they're trying to make it. They're yeah. trying to make me seem like I am a. I think in that moment he's trying to put you in a pocket and basically say that like, oh, you're saying CNN is fake news, so yeah. that the audience that's already conditioned into saying, oh, what the fuck is this guy like a right wing guy? Yeah. To go, oh yeah, he must be a right wing guy because you know he's saying yeah. cnn is fake news and i'm conditioned yeah. into knowing that that's like a right-wing thing to say and during that period of time just watching people kind of fall down the rabbit hole and be pushed into action and like just yeah falling down the conspiracy rabbit hole yeah i think people, more people would uh, consider you know what's happening online and um the what happened with the former president and the messaging that he was putting out there and q on and so forth that oh yeah i, I, I definitely do. i definitely agree 100 with that as well uh, so listen, and to be fair, there, I, do, I do think that, uh, so many yeah, I mean, look, CNN is not the same as like no. Fox News, but CNN also plays a role in this for well, I'm sure. I'm saying online echo chambers are definitely more damaging and effective for propaganda than like 
the yeah. mainstream media outrage. Yeah. But two things can be true at one time yeah. with this. It's in your documentary, including um, a weightlifting scene with conspiracy theorist yeah. Alex Jones. Listen, listen, to, listen to how he's he he's he's literally no. He's saying that you're friends with the people. Listen, next thing he says, listen to the, next, the way he phrases it is a why question. Let's listen. Yeah, why did you why did you humanize so Alex listen, Jones? Listen, is listen the question. Yeah, for sure. He can bench press a lot, actually. Why, why would you put that in? Why did you spend so much time with him? And why is he such a big part of this film? Well, I mean, Dude, you know, I just think that like- you hear the way that we question was asked? For the documentary. Yeah, no, he's- It was an accusatory question. No, he- Why he, I mean, he, it's, it's clear. Like, he hit you with the fake news thing. And now he's saying like, you're homies with Alex Jones. It's done in a way that there's like still an out for him to be yeah. like, well, I mean, I was just saying like, how does Alex Jones's role in January 6th work? But he's not yeah. just asking that. He's asking you, why are you hanging out with Alex Jones? Maybe they're just jealous though. Yeah. Maybe you consider that. I mean, I- Maybe they want to hang out with Alex Jones. Unfortunately, Alex doesn't like me anymore. Yeah. It's because of the uh, the interview I did with him after the Sandy Hook trial. Yeah. You know, there's that part where he's on hot mic. He's yeah, asking yeah. his producer, like, do I sound good? Is this a good thing that I'm doing? He called me and was like, anyone who uses hot mic audio is no friend to me. Yeah, so. which I, it's not worse than the shit he says on camera. No, but the, right. But I'm saying it was sort of the curtain pulling, yeah. being pulled back is like, you know, it kind of shows that he's doing like a crazy guy thing. Yeah. To get himself out of it. God, the fuck one of the best parts is like you guys working out together though yeah dude i had a fun time filming that <laughs> yeah he is he can uh, lift i was saying dude he's strong as as fuck he's got like dad strength you know what yeah. i mean where you're like he's taught there was just certain moments that were super surreal that just kind of happened and i felt like we had to kind of leave the footage in so the uh, alex jones weightlifting whiskey drinking scene would also be one of those moments that i couldn't like leave out of the movie one thing that also stood out was what you heard from people when it comes to like conspiracy theories. I mean, there were there were parts that were like children were shouting. He looks so pissed. Why is he so mad? He's so mad. Like she she's younger. I think she's more sympathetic to like your. I mean, I, I've seen her on some panels where she's like also the same like neoliberal like girl yeah. boss shit like doing that stuff. But you know, she does given her age, she's probably more familiar with her content yeah. and like more sympathetic to like the the documentary in general. Whereas Don is given up. He's furious, dude. And it's not like I called him out. I just talked about the the network that he works at. Yeah, I mean, well, of course, but you no, know, he is the phase that. of the network. Yeah, but it's not him specifically. Yeah, he he is not happy here with you. He could take conspiracy get a theories, job. and I wondered as you talked to these people if you got the sense that they actually believed what they were saying, or what your takeaway was. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people, you know, believe what they're saying. I just think that like. You know, the echo chambers in the media, especially more fringe media that a lot of these people are consuming is pretty all-encompassing. And especially the mythology of QAnon, like, consumed a lot of people's lives during this period of time. And it kind of, like, just became everything they wanted to fight for up until the Capitol riot. So that particular scene where I spoke with that family in Georgia where it was, like, that the structure and whole basis of their family was, like, based upon Q and following that kind of lore uh, was definitely unsettling for sure. But, yeah, it's interesting to see where it is now because, you know, I guess hard QAnon stuff has kind of dissipated in terms of Dude, like, I sound you know, like no such a, on the a stoned anymore, California kind of, guy. You know <laughs> no, I mean? you it's sound, like 6 a.m. I look like I'm high as shit. I'm like, yeah, it's like a... No, you, know, you sound great, like, bro. Fucking, You're crazy. Uh, you know, this family's all like super... <laughs> You're, you sound great. What are you talking no, about? Dude, it's like no, it's because you're like, surprisingly, for someone who's on camera all the time, I guess you're not used to like seeing yourself on camera no, in a professional setting like this. this. Yeah, no, it's, that's just <laughs> what it is. It's like jitters that come. Yeah. After you do it a million times over, trust me, you, you won't give a shit. You sound great. Conservative thought. All right. I do think we should point out a lot of the, those conspiracies are not from 
legitimate media. That's from like yeah. social media and websites. Oh where yeah, those yeah, things totally, are pushed, totally. Like dark but, corners of the internet. Oh yeah, but it's like people spend their whole time in these dark corners of the internet, so it feels very real to them, especially because the. I think the biggest problem is probably media literacy, and like taking a lot of this information that's false as as fact because of you know you're seeing it on Facebook, you're seeing it on Newsmax, you're seeing it on One American News Network, places like that. Yeah. Andrew Callahan, thank you very much. Best of luck with this. Uh, this Place Rules debuts on HBO and streams on HBO Max. That's on December 30th. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He, they couldn't get the Enrique Tario shit out of you, so he was like, oh, fuck this guy. Should have just started crying talking about how Enrique Tario was like. Should have been like, yeah, he's Enrique. He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he definitely sucks, but like, uh, uh, like that's my that's my personal assessment. They interviewed him like two years ago, man. Like, yeah. It was great overall, though. Like, I, I do hope that, I do hope that it pops off. I don't think, did HBO do a lot of marketing around it? I feel like they haven't. No, not really. I it's mean, like kind of bit. a sleeper, which I don't appreciate. I wish they like promoted it more. You know what I mean? Dude, it'll promote itself. If, if it's good and people like it, no promotion budget can can bring it there. I think that, I don't know, a lot of people are talking about it, I think, I hope, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it will, I mean, I loved it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. At the same time, too, I barely even care. I'm just, like, happy to make something that, on that big of a platform. Like, it's all yeah. good. There have been a ton of ads. Wait, really? You've seen ads of the documentary? Nah, there's no ads. I haven't seen any ads on the documentary at all. But, yeah, it was great. I mean, there's so many... Dude, there's so many good fucking moments in it. One of the things, I guess like one of the things I wanted to, let me see, I, I, put, I put some fucking notes down when I was like watching it too, which was so sick. The Trump blonde lady, like the the rapper, the rapping teacher was was awesome Um, because like at first I didn't see, I guess I didn't notice that she was like a Trump supporter. So it like caught me by surprise at first and she was going to say like, I thought she was going to be like a still kind of weird liberal. And then she like, when she turned around and was like, yeah, COVID is fake and all this shit. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, like Jesus Christ. One thing to mention uh, that I also uh, loved was the the uh, the woman who was like, I'm apolitical and Trump is going to get raped in prison. Oh yeah, that was crazy, dude. Yeah, um, she definitely had the derangement syndrome or whatever. But that's what I, that that is like, I feel like that's almost on the same vein as, as like the QAnon people. Obviously not to the same degree, not to the same degree of like mania, but like she is a byproduct of consuming too much CNN. Yeah. Oh, and, and what I mean by that is that like, she is not genuinely interested in truly helping in, in any sort of like emancipatory cause for immigrants, for black people. Andrew, don't hang out with this commie. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, she's not like, these are the same people that like basically now ride for title 42, which is like a, a Trump administration era policy COVID protection measure, yeah. right. That stopped asylum seekers from legally seeking asylum, a, a human rights abuse, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I and, mean, she's a, definitely a victim of the outrage machine for sure. Cause like, yeah. she's not even really politically involved aside from just having this like burning outrage for just Trump as an individual. Yeah. Like no, not really caring about any deep or systematic problems or actual social issues just being like trump sucks ass that's my personality yeah exactly you know? and, and there were so many Seattle people like were like that too, yeah so many people were like that the, the get back to brunch liberals right like they yeah. are it's it's normal now that's things are most, back to that's normal like most liberals dude yeah things are totally back to normal everyone is back to like uh you know their regular order of business and all of the problems that they were like screaming about they persist yeah 
poverty, the structural violence of poverty still very much exists in the lives of all of those people. Police brutality, still a significant problem in black communities. If anything, it's gotten worse as far as like the amount of, if anything, it's gotten worse uh, as far as like the budgets and the, the way that we analyze the police or the way that we look at the police. Yeah. Like they use the defund the police movement in the BLM protest to like, they weaponized it yeah, against like black people. And now also, cops dude, get bigger budgets than ever. And, and they still, and people are still saying like, oh, these cities are crime ridden and it's because we're not respecting cops enough. Dude, when I was in Seattle, I like rented a, like a Camaro or some like super douchebag car just for fun. Cause like, you know, and uh, my fucking back window got like busted out with a crowbar or some shit. My backpack got stolen. And so I called the cops just I normally don't call the police, but if you file a claim or whatever on a rental car, you can get like refunded. So I just yeah. had to file like a basic report talking, talking about what happened. So I called him like, hey, I want to file a report about how like my car got broken into so I can submit this shit to Enterprise to get a refund. And the, the dispatch guy on the phone was like, well, uh, you know, since they defunded us and everything, like, uh, it's going to be, lot, I'd be surprised if we don't, if we get there in a couple hours, like, you know, you're better off using the online portal and it takes four to six weeks. I was like, I fucking know that you could help me right now. Yeah. I, I know that you just actually are purposely not doing your job to prove a point to your own city the citizens of Seattle. And I've heard yeah. hella stories like that. Like, salt, yeah, it's just like, it's dispatch. bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Like what, what, what do you mean defunded? Like that's not a thing. Also, yeah. One of the other parts about this is like, even though, even before the defund the police movement, uh, uh, like propaganda, the counter propaganda existed, it's not like cops were fucking great at like claims like that anyway. They never bad. did anything. Like yeah. anyone whose iPhone has ever been stolen way back in the day when you could just like directly target, like directly figure out exactly what building the motherfuckers were in. Like I, I've had my shit stolen in basketball courts and stuff. You know what I mean? It happens. I know where it is. I know where my fucking phone is and I, I want to get it back, but I can't. Because, like, it's not like a cop is ever going to be like, yeah, let's go retrieve your possession. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's not a thing that ever happens. You're not getting your shit back. Cops will just tell you, yeah, GG's, you know, good luck. Uh, good luck on your endeavor. Yeah, but to hear them actually pretend like they, they, or they can't do their job anymore because of uh, the defund the police movement is insane. Like, they still have a lot of fucking funding. Yeah. No, they, they never got defunded. That was a fucking complete lie, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's like in just, Portland, they actually have more funding. No. Yeah, no, everywhere, everywhere around the country, they got more funding than the year prior, and yet they complain, and they're just somehow shittier at their jobs than they were already, and they were pretty fucking shitty at their jobs to begin with. So you know, that's just that's just how it is. Okay, all right. Well, I don't want to keep you any uh, any longer. Uh, you know, thank you so much for coming, Andrew. This was wonderful. This was a fucking awesome experience to have you back on the show. Always a and, pleasure. Uh, you know. You're you're in LA for a while, right? We'll we'll hang out. Go to El Paso soon. Oh, okay. Never mind. We won't hang out. Oh, we'll hang out <laughs> before you leave. All right. Well, hopefully everybody gets to watch it. Anything you want to promote? Go ahead. Yeah, just go to HBO Max and watch This Place Rules and uh, tell me what you guys think. And Patreon.com/slash/Channel Five. Yeah, join Patreon if you guys want to. Yeah, Patreon optional. This Place Rules. I would highly recommend that you watch it because I worked on it for two years and it's my first movie. It's my directorial debut. Hell yeah. And it was it was a wonderful one. Yeah, Brace made a cameo. Not not the boy, which is fine. Not the kid. I was I did not make a cameo in the documentary. The kid will make a doc will make a cameo in, in the, the second one, hopefully. You can be in a uh, Kelly J. Patriot. In the what? You oh. Can, you oh, you're doing that? Do you want to be in Kelly J. Patriot? Sure. Okay. I mean I've I've hung out with him. Cool. We can talk about Homes being stolen and such. No one yeah. even knows that, that how good the Kelly J. Patriot documentary is going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I've as someone who's hung out with him, uh, I can I can sense that it will be very good. 
dude, because okay, before I go, I love this place rules, but the scope was so massive. You know, I'm making a movie about a, a huge event, January 6th, that has so much to it that couldn't make the cut and obviously different angles that weren't in my narrative because it was just my perspective on it. The Kelly J. Patriot movie is like full coverage of like a, a family and I'm just excited about it, but I'm really excited about this place rules too. Yeah. Go watch it. If you want to, but you fucking should because it's good. I think. Yeah, it, it is good really too. good. We're we're gonna we're gonna hype it up so that they give you more money and uh, you yeah. make more cool documentaries. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs>